0: The Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday.
1: Food Life Podcast. My name is Jason Speece. I'm the Shale Play Prophet, the North Dakota Nomad, broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios. We have our entitled intern, Provolone, manning the production elements of the podcast. Coming up in just a moment, Tiffany Steiner, my Bakken Commissioner, if you will. She's with the Williston Petroleum Council in charge of memberships. She's with the Bakken Barbecue, in fact, one of the co-founders. And is also in charge of the API Gumbo coming up in Dickinson, North Dakota. API Dickinson, the gumbo cook-off happening at the end of March. So she'll be on in just a moment or two to talk about a couple things happening in the Bakken. Kirsten Jesperson with Mile High Employment also joining us on the latter part of the program. Going to be talking about some of the differences between hiring right now between Colorado and North Dakota, as well as what the number one need is in the Rocky Mountain region. My guess is it's probably the same need in other regions too. So, uh, Kirsten Jesperson with Mile High Employment, Tiffany Steiner, and then to end the program, Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services. Today's sponsor, Hawker Well Works. I'll be telling you about them in just a moment or two. We're going to get an update uh, tomorrow from Nape. And uh, the 23rd annual Gumbo Cook-Off happening March 28th. The music you're hearing right now is by the Moody River Band. That's one of our ways that we like to reach out and extend our reach beyond just the oil and gas industry. uh, Branching out, connecting with music and connecting with singer-songwriters, independent local singer-songwriters that are looking for an outlet for their music to be heard. And we like to partner with them. We played as our bumper music. And, of course, all the links are available for everything I talked about. The events, the sponsors, the full-length interviews, and the Moody River Band, the music that you're hearing right now. The link is available at thecrudelife.com and our show page. All right, we're going to have headlines just around the corner here, but let's get to Tiffany Steiner on our Bakken Barbecue phone lines. Look at that. Our sponsor of our phone lines is actually the person that we're going to talk to here coming up in just a brief moment. But first, I do want to tell you about Hawker Well Works. Hawker Well Works is today's sponsor here at the Crude Life Podcast. And the Hawker pipe handler was developed to simplify the well servicing process. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker pipe handler improves production time and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. Its speed and efficiency is designed to improve production and reduce costs. The Hawker is simple to move from site to site. For more information, check out hawkerwellworks.com. That's hawkerwellworks.com. All the links, once again, are available at the Crude Life show page. Now, let's get over to our Bakken barbecue phone lines and join Tiffany Steiner to talk a little. You know, I'll ask her about the Bakken barbecue, but also we're here to talk about the 23rd annual API Gumbo Cook-Off happening March 28th. This is Tiffany Steiner.
2: Tiffany Steiner, API.
1: Hey, we fixed the levels. All right. Thanks for joining us here. Tiffany Steiner. By the way, I have a nickname for you now. You're my commissioner of the Bakken because, (laughs) you know, ladies and gentlemen, she's the marketing coordinator plus other duties at the um, Petroleum Council in North Dakota and also uh, running many things with API and Dickinson, including the gumbo cook-off, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But she's also the co-founder, co-chair when it comes to the Bakken barbecue as well, so I, pretty much anything that has to do with the Bakken, I just send, send people to Tiffany Steiner or just start there because you got your pulse in so many different directions. Has anybody ever pointed that out to you besides probably you and your secret strategy to take over the Bakken?
2: <laughs> no, I just I enjoy it, and that's why I do it.
1: So. Actually, we were just talking with somebody today in Colorado about the Bakken barbecue, how impressed they were. Uh, they were there in the beginning, and you know really it was a couple a, a, a couple girls in their early 20s that really wanted to do some good and raise some money and they saw an opportunity and i was just at the last last year's check donation of six figures and uh before we get into the gumbo and api uh have you had a chance to reflect a little bit about what you guys have done with that bakken barbecue i i know that you know it's it's easy to pat yourself on the back and it's easy to Uh, take a look at all the good that you've done but have you guys actually patted yourself on the back and realized what you've accomplished
2: I think Jackie and I are just so lucky that something that we started eight years ago now has turned into something like this and we're able to help out the community Um, every time we talk about the Bakken barbecue we kind of get chills and we get excited every time we work on it and you know I think this year is gonna be pretty large and I think it's gonna be a fun day
1: beach theme this year right
2: It is a beach theme this year.
1: Well, I'm excited for that because I've been using the phrase shale play USA for like five years now, and I'm just actually seven years. And uh, I kind of feel like breaking that phrase out this year because I've seen some of the decoration and some of the, uh, I should say some of the graphics and some of the concepts. So it's definitely going to look like a beach party, that's for sure.
2: I know a lot of companies are already planning their decorations and their food. So we're quite a few Months away, um, have over 18 companies already signed up.
1: Okay, great. Uh, Same location, right? The West River uh, Energy Ice uh, Rink uh, parking lot, basically?
2: Yes, on June
1: 19th. All right. So that's June 19th, the Bakken Barbecue, transitioning indoors now at the West River Is it the West River Ice Rink? It's
2: the West River Ice Center.
1: Ice Center. Okay. It's kind of a community center, too, for a lot of different things. Correct. Including the the gumbo cook-off. Now, this year, this is the first year for the community center, and that's a great sign. That shows that there's still consistent growth for the, is it the 23rd annual? Did I get my notes right?
2: It is the 23rd annual, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, so let's give a rundown of the 23rd annual API Gumbo Cookoff, March 28th.
2: So we will. We did move it this year. This is our second year moving it. Uh, we needed more space so we can have more teams and more people come. So we're pretty excited for that. It is $10 at the door. All those proceeds go to local charities and college, college scholarships. Uh, I think last year we gave out $24,000 in scholarships. Um, so that's pretty exciting as well. We have um, live music from Thunder Road starting at 830. And we have just a bunch of different um, trophies and door prizes and a 50-50 raffle. I think the winner always takes home around 1500 bucks. So that's kind of a nice little end of the night treat for someone
1: are you guys still having people i guess booths and and vendors and cookers and that sort of thing are you are you um capped out or are you you looking for anybody
2: we're always looking for more teams right now i think we have about eight signed up um so we're just kind of waiting on some more teams to come i know we're trying to get new teams because for so long we couldn't have new teams because of the space limit you know, limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're able to open it up to new companies and so far we have about half new companies, half old companies. So that's exciting to see people willing and excited to join us this year.
1: And what is the, do you guys have a grand prize? I mean, is there, is there a tro- a traveling trophy? Is it just, you know, is it a congeniality award and you get your social media post or, um, I know you mentioned that there's, you know, scholarships and, and that sort of thing, but, uh, you know, like the cook-off winner, so to speak, because I, hey, I've, <laughs> this is embarrassing because I've been a judge before, but I can't remember what, <laughs> what the winners, what I voted for. <laughs> they
2: do get some pretty cool trophies, and they're not traveling trophies because they like to have them at their office. Um, and then we have appetizers during the day for the cooking team. It's kind of a fun little hurrah between us. Um, and then they get a gift basket as well with some fun goodies in it.
1: And the appetizer winner was uh, Gravity Oil Field Services last year, correct?
2: Correct. Yep.
1: And uh, again, the appetizers, they're for the cookers, and it's not for the public. Or is it?
2: No, the appetizers is just between the co- um, companies cooking. Yeah, it's just that's a fun thought. way for them to get more involved, and it's kind of a neat way to see what they can come up with because everything has to be cooked on site. Well, so it, you really have to get creative on how you do it.
1: Well, it's really it's a great way to network. I mean, it's a, you got people you know what going around with hors d'oeuvres trays and trying to get people to try different appetizers and etc. And it's it it gives it a nice. Not only a uh, great Gatsby feel, but, uh, you know, a festive feel as well. That's how I always looked at it, I guess. Um, yeah. So the fifty-fifty raffle, live music at 8.30. Um event is now 21 and over.
2: It is. It is. Moving it to the West River Ice Center, there was a little bit more to it. So it was easier for us to just do 21 and over.
1: Okay, so, so that yep. that that is a little bit different um, than in the pre- previous years, correct?
2: Correct, correct. In the past, it's been um, twenty-one and over after eight thirty, but this year with the new venue, it just made more sense to do it that way. Yeah, it's,
1: so yeah, they, they make you choose. I know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, one of those. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if people want to contact you for more information or they want to sponsor or they want to, are, you guys are looking for sponsors, I imagine, too, besides cookers, Always. aren't you?
0: And are my-
1: Yeah. Talk to me about uh, how companies can help you guys out on the sponsorship side or any, you know, um, gifts, baskets, or anything like that.
2: So we always are looking for sponsorships, um, also gift baskets to give out. We do have a lot of door prizes for the public. So a lot of companies will donate some company hoodies, company, you know, cups and mugs and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so we just try to do drop our door prizes all night long. Just kind of a fun way for us to give back to the community as well. I mean, you, they're uh, giving out
1: more than last year's swag, aren't they? Yeah. So <laughs> but, but in some and, cases, not so much. <laughs>
2: well, and I know like gravity is a prime example. They give out, I think, four or five baskets and it's awesome stuff. I mean, most people go for it. So um, it's kind of fun to see what people bring and, and api does a lot of different swag items as well -hmm. um, no i i
1: I joke because it's just anybody who goes to an oil conference when they walk away it's a different level of swag compared to any other conference and so it's so funny because last year's items are better than what you get anywhere else for most part but hey that's that's just my my observation i guess but uh no the gift baskets are, are pretty cool like i said i've been there i've been a part of this in the past, so it's a, it's a fun time. And uh, once again, let's go through the details, which is the 23rd annual, March 28th, the West River Rink in Dickinson, West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. And any information we left out, anything you want people to know?
2: If they are looking about more information on cooking or sponsoring or just attending, they can email API dickinson. At gmail.com, and we'll reach back out to them.
1: And last year, just to make sure, uh, man trucking first place, St. Alexa Health Dickinson second place, and People's Choice BJ Services third, and then, of course, like I said, Gravity Oilfield Services. Look at that, St. Alexis. Now, people in Texas listening, and people in Colorado listening, they might not know Saint Alexis Health Dickinson. It's the it's it's one of the local hospitals. Man, are not only are they active in oil and gas events, they win a lot. What they is do a very up good with job. that? What 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 is going on at Saint Alexis that they're just not only competitive but darn good at it?
2: They're just very good at what they do, <laughs> and they always come in with good decorations and. Yeah, they're in for the win. That is for sure.
1: I think they've gotten the People's Choice at the Bakken and Barbecue one or, once or twice too. Um, anyway, sorry, I just uh, see their name pop up a lot, and it's it sticks out because, like I said, it's not like Gravity Services or even Man Trucking or anything like that. They just that's good. That's that's good news because the community's active like that, and that's to me says oil and gas. Really, it does so. Well, all right, let's uh, wrap her up here. And if people want to contact, you said uh, the API address, what was that again? Uh,
2: apidickinson at gmail.com.
0: The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a Week in Review on Friday. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery.
1: Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Speece. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Some have called me the shale play prophet, the North Dakota nomad. We would like to have a little bit of fun here on the podcast, so we're incorporating those emails we got of suggestions into our program here, our podcast. And next, we have headlines. By the way, Provolone, thank you, by the way, for manning our production elements here throughout the podcast we got a pretty busy show because Kirsten Jesperson with mile high employment solutions is just around the corner we got to still get to her thank you Tiffany Steiner for coming on and thank you Hawker wellworks for being our sponsor today of course hatch coaching is the studio sponsor and our phone lines sponsored by Bakken barbecue now getting to our headlines here Hess sees Bakken crude output rising to 20. 21, then steadying. Okay, and we there was a story that came out of the Williston Herald a few days ago on this as well. So this is a spin-off of that, I can tell. Hess plans to boost its Bakken shale crude production in North Dakota to 200,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day by 2021, up from expected 180,000 barrels of oil equivalent in 2020 and 154,000 in 2019. Then hold output steady for five years, the company said. Now, normally during headlines, we just read the headline and then a couple paragraphs and move on, but I am familiar with the story. And I'm also familiar with another story that CEO John Hess has recently had in the news, which is he believes the shale production has plateaued. So what I'd like to do is just kind of skim down to the bottom here because there is something in here that I do believe should be talked about, which is that U.S. production in the Bakken and unconventional shale plays, including the Eagleford Shale in South Texas and the Permian Basin in West Texas and Eastern New Mexico, has skyrocketed from about 5.5 million barrels a day in 2010 to over 13 million Okay, so when you think about that, when you think about the rig count has been going down. However, it says growth is now slowing. The U.S. rig count is down more than 30% since its peak in November of 2018. Here's where we need to go back to and figure out a way to revamp these rig counts. When you've got the CEO of Hess, he's talking about good numbers, but the rig counts are going down, but he's talking about that they're getting more out of each well, uh, there's automation. They've got walking wells. They've got longer drills or lats. They've got all kinds of things happening to where I do not think it's out of line to figure out a new way to revamp how they do rig counts because the way that they're currently doing them is just not it's not jiving for people that are the smart people that are analysts and the and the leaders and everything. So I I, I do have some smart clever uh intellects who who are in the industry that agree with me on that rig count opinion as well so that's what you're going to get from that headline today so let's cruise to the next headline didn't see that coming did you provolone a little bit of a preachy session there uh by the way it is good news though it is good news so next one there's a new boom in the permian basin waste water In the Permian Basin, now the most prolific oil field in the world, hundreds of miles of plastic pipelines snake along dirt roads, drilling pads, and the edges of farm fields, but they are not carrying oil. Instead, they're transporting an equally precious commodity in this arid region straddling the New Mexico-Texas border. Water. Sorry, my my cursor was over the word there, and I even got into it. The story, the language is just so, it's so descriptive. It just paints the picture, doesn't it? Uh, pipelines are going in everywhere, said Jim Davis, as he drove a camouflaged, hue four-wheeled ATV across his land toward the water station he owns. Selling the water beneath his property to oil and gas companies has given Davis and his wife, who has cancer, a financial security that eluded them for most of their lives. Every day, a steady stream of the water trucks flow in and out of his station south of Carlsbad, filling up on his high-quality fresh water, an essential ingredient, an essential ingredient for hydraulic fracturing or fracking for short. Well, a lot in that two paragraphs. First of all... Um, This selling of the water is is something that has been going on for a long time. And in fact, it's it's really been a great little economic boon for a lot of rural uh, counties and towns. When you think about trying to roll the dice with farming, you know, prices and rain and locusts and deer, all kinds of different things that go into farming and you can make more money just by selling water, you're going to do that. And a lot of guys in Texas are doing that. And guess what? A lot of guys in North Dakota have been doing that too. So this, this is something that I, I think is, is, a, is a good little economic uh, stimulus for a lot of different counties and, and that sort of thing. Now, getting to the new uh, wastewater, I, I didn't get into the story, but I do believe that is recycled water and other ways to capture the wastewater absolutely that is going to be if not a big industry i mean the person that figures out a way to recycle water in a really economic way is going to just take off um there's storage tanks is all it is it's, it's it's it is a boom and it's just it's in other areas too so Uh, That link, by the way, is available at the Crude Life show page. So if you want to go read the rest of that story, which was originally published in The Searchlight, New Mexico. Our next headline here, as we conclude headlines here on the Crude Light podcast, heard Monday through Thursday, the daily Crude Life podcast, heard Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday, which is 30 minutes long and sometimes can be 44 minutes. Our third headline in our headline segment, Sean Johnson says mom shaming is a real thing after facing criticism over baby's first flip. Okay. Sean Johnson is letting her followers know that mom shaming is a real thing. Former Olympian became a parent with husband and NFL free agent Andrew East just three months ago and already she's become familiar with the unsolicited advice and negativity that comes with posting about your child on social media but she refuses to sit silently as strangers shame her for the decision she makes as a mom provolone i wondered what this story was now i know you like to get a little bit um non-oil and gas on the third headline, which I appreciate very much. I thought Sean Johnson was someone who went to high school with. So I I assumed it was from whatever town he's living in now. But then it found out it was a woman. And then it was a former Olympian. So I'm really out of the loop. And she looks like she's about 21 years old. So if she's a former Olympian and she's like 21... I mean, I'm really out of the loop because it's not Mary Lou Retton, right? Because I'm not familiar with Olympians past Mary Lou Retton. And Andrew East, I mean, what happened to Ed West? Ed West, young man. Don't, Andrew East. But the social media shaming is real. And PSA time, folks. If your child or you have any sort of mental Illness or low self esteem or anxiety that can very much control your actions and behaviors, I really recommend getting off social media. Uh, social media, the more studies that come out are showing, and you'll hear our podcast is distributed through social media. So this is, you know, biting the hand that feeds you. But at the same time, there are certain elements of social media that just do not go away. And I've had emails from people who say, you know, I'll post like one story that is not 100% in line with the way they believe and they'll send me an email and say, that I'm unfollowing you. Ah, uh, you're terrible. Or they'll post something on my wall and say it. And and it just, it's it's maddening to know that, well, I suppose you're either with us or you're against us, right? And there's some people who take that all the way. And so for those people out there that do suffer from any sort of mental illness or any sort of social anxiety or have children that do, I I do really recommend that you explore pulling yourself off social media. I go on a social media hiatus every summer. I have now for five years uh, on my personal social media stuff. And I'll tell you what, I think I've only done six social media posts on my personal stuff uh, since August of last year. I do my business stuff all the time. That's, I mean, it's part of my business. It's distribution. That's, you know, we're, we're in the eyeballs and ears business for crying out loud. You know, how many, how many different eyeballs and ears and clicks can you get? So uh, we keep that going. But as far as the social uh, personal side of things, and by the way, this flip that Sean Johnson did looks fun for the kid. Looks really fun, and good for her, by the way, for showing a middle finger back to the trolls out there. Because the trolls are out there, and you know, you just you just don't what get bees with vinegar, flies with vinegar, something about honey. I'm not sure, but Sean Johnson, who's not the one that I went to high school with, hey, you keep on being you, and you and head east, he, you and head west, Andrew East. Raise that child up to be a a next Olympian. So apparently you've got some good genes going for you. All right. That's going to do it for headlines today. All of those headlines are available at thecrudelife.com. And you can click on them and read the whole headline and news story in its entirety. But first, I do want to mention today's sponsor before we get to Kirsten Jesperson with Mile High Employment Solutions. Today's sponsor, Hawker WellWorks. And they have the Hawker Pipe Handler, which was developed to simplify the well servicing process. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker Pipe Handler improves production times and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. For more information, check out hawkerwellworks.com. That's hawkerwellworks.com. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Some have called me the shale Play prophet, the North Dakota nomad. So in our podcast, we're having a little bit of fun. We like to kick back. And not only do I give myself a nickname through emails, but sometimes I assign nicknames to people like Tiffany Steiner, who you heard earlier, that I call the Bakken Commissioner. Because she's my boxing commissioner. Of course, Terry Edom was on yesterday—the man, the myth, the legend, the author, the blogger, and the writer. I mix those up sometimes because it just—it doesn't flow off the mouth as, as as well as I make it sound. It just doesn't flow off the tongue as much as my silver tongue makes it appear. So, what else do we have here? Kirsten Jesperson with Mile High Employment Solutions coming up in just a second or two on the Bakken barbecue phone lines as we sit here in our Hatch Coaching Studios. Uh, Jim Willis from the Marcellus Drilling News coming up tomorrow as well as who else? Uh, John Clark is going to give us a live update from Nape. What's happening down there? What the vibe is down in Nape, and what's uh, who's some of the Uh, speakers are what they're talking about etc we might even have some of the speakers from NAEP call in that does happen from time to time where they'll just call into the program and we just you know kind of put them on the air that sort of thing so okay let's get to our Bakken barbecue phone line and talk with Kirsten Jesperson with Mile High Employment Solutions.
3: Kirsten Jesperson vice president of Mile High Employment Solutions.
1: Mile-high employment solutions, yet you have a 701 cell phone and a Richardson, North Dakota address, which is out in the Bakken, and a 720 cell phone, sorry, a 701. Okay, mile-high, there's a Denver and then a North Dakota. So talk to me about your company and you a little bit on how you uh, have both Colorado roots and North Dakota, I guess, present? (laughs)
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our company actually started down in Denver about 35 years ago. We're a family owned and operated direct hire agency out there. Um, I've actually been recruiting in the industry for about 10 years. um, And about two years ago, um, I decided to make the jump and relocate to North Dakota and establish an office here in the area. Um, We've had a large presence in the Bakken previously, um, but now we've really developed more of a local footprint, um, and we're recruiting a lot more for local companies in the area. So we've actually, we partner with several different companies, you know, typically across the Rocky Mountain region to help them attract and retain top-level talent for some of their hard-to-fill positions. Um, one of the things that we deal with a lot in North Dakota uh, is obviously the low unemployment rate um, the high number of positions that need to be filled in the area and some of the challenges that the companies are facing here um, you know whether it be conditions or housing or just simply not being able to attract enough candidates to be able to fill those positions um, so we partner with them to help streamline some of those processes and really help drive the candidates, to these positions.
1: Can I ask you a question about that? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Governor Burgum has been driving around the state and flying around the state and walking around the state and biking around the state, talking about how much, you know, we have all these jobs and Mm -hmm. done a very good job of that, but those jobs don't seem to be being filled. And at least at the pace that is satisfactory to, you know, different people. And you're kind of in the middle of it there because your job is to, you know, get people found and that sort of thing. Are you hearing anything back as why those jobs are not being filled as much as because, I mean, the governor, he is he is presenting a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And you would think that that would, you know, equate to to a quick I guess, absorption and, and, and that sort of thing of the jobs. Are they, is, is it North Dakota? Is the wages? Is it uh, training? I, I know a lot of these jobs require new training and that sort of things. But um, yeah, do you understand the question, I guess? I'm not trying to yep. be flippant or, or controversial. I'm just, I'm looking for what's going on.
3: <laughs> well, I think a lot of the struggles, again, you know, obviously we are dealing with some of the lowest unemployment rates, you know, in this country right now national average is about 3.5 percent north dakota is sitting around 2.5 now that being said obviously we have a very tight pool that we're trying to pull from additionally we're trying to pull people that are going to be going to somewhat remote areas Um, so when you're looking at the challenges of housing um you know again of the conditions that these candidates are working in cost of housing you know is obviously starting to increase in some of these areas as well Um, But one of the things that I think does play a role in it is the wages, like you said. Um, I think people are still searching for those oil field wages, you know, back in the boom days, and the industry has changed. There's been such a significant shift in the industry. You know, a lot of companies would really prefer to be able to hire local talent, but the long and short of it is that that local talent sometimes doesn't exist. Um, So we really are casting, you know, a very broad net across the entire Rocky Mountain region to try to attract people to coming to this area. Now, on the backside of it, a lot of these companies have really started to develop programs to assist with the relocation, you know, of these candidates and their families. What kind of resources can we give them, you know, to establish their children in the school system? you know, what kind of resources can we provide to significant others to help them get established in the area? And I think as they start to focus a little bit more on, you know, making a, you know, a good fit for these candidates as far as not so much just the job itself, but what that, you know, what their life is going to look like when they get to North Dakota, I think that's really where some of these companies have shifted their focus of, you know, what do we need to do to attract and retain these people once they get here. Um, you know, again, you have high turnover rates in the industry as a whole because you have people that will come to work in the oil field. Um, you know, they get here and they're not prepared for the conditions that they're dealing with, um, you know, so they, they'll in turn go back home. Um, I think that's one thing that we struggle with more here in North Dakota than we do in a lot of other regions that we deal with.
1: How about in Colorado, obviously, they've gone through some uh, political um, issues, and you know my, mile high, it's right in the name and, and you're from that area. So are you are you finding um, different challenges there or are, are there you know is it not really impacting you in that way as a recruiter? Um, I would say
3: we are absolutely facing different challenges down there, just with all of the regulations that are coming down the pipeline. Um, more restrictions in the industry, is making it harder for companies to operate in that basin. Um, we've actually been experiencing a lot of client companies that have, you know, either looked at pulling resources out of Colorado and moving into other basins, um, you know, other companies that they're just going to hit it as hard as they can between now and, you know, hopefully the end of the year and get as many permits in place as they can before some of these regulations start coming down on them. All right. It's definitely posed a challenge because, again, you know, Colorado in itself is an interesting area just with the influx of people that have moved to that area in general, um, you know, in the industry out there. It's not, I wouldn't say, I, I guess I would say long and short of it is it's a lot slower than it was just due to these restrictions and regulations that they're
1: imposing. So let's get to some of the good news that's going on because there are people that are still working and North Dakota still putting out 1.2, 1.3 million barrels a day. Texas is putting out, you know, their 3 million plus barrels. And well, oh, yeah. Weld County seems to still be, you know, producing some stuff in Colorado. So uh, have you got uh, some positions that, that you'd like to may- maybe highlight, you know, maybe give us a two, three different uh, positions that your firm is, is looking for and, you know, give the audience a sample of what is out there. I mean, because yeah. we, we keep hearing about these jobs, but at the same time, you know, again, I, I go back to, boy, it just, he seems they'd be, they'd be lapped up. So let's, um, get, you know, get, get, give these uh, dogs a bone out there and something nice and meaty and juicy. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. And I would say the biggest thing that we have Here in North Dakota, in Colorado, you know, whatever basin I'm working in, my biggest need is going to be in CDL drivers, whether it's to haul water, to haul crude, um, you know, winch truck drivers. We also deal with a lot of service companies, so cement operators, um, frack operators. Um, I deal with more specialty positions such as DOT specialists, HSE. Um, So we have a very diverse need for employees. Um, Same thing goes for Colorado. Um, You know, I have skilled trades, you know, welding positions, mechanic positions, um, and again, a huge need for CDL drivers, um, and additionally down to more labor positions, you know, roustabouts, riggers, swampers. So those positions that don't necessarily require a ton of industry experience, that is more of a ground-level opportunity for somebody who's really looking to get into the industry. So those entry-level positions are out there. They can be harder to come by, um, a lot of companies are requiring some sort of oil field experience, you know, when it comes to these CDL positions or the more specialty positions, but like I said, the entry-level positions are there. Um, it just takes, you know, again, finding the companies that, that are going through those growth phases right now, and and it's very interesting to me to see, you know, coming out of the first of the year, the amount of growth that some of the clients that I deal with are projecting for this year. So, I do think it's going to be a very good year for the industry. I think we're going to see positive, um, you know, increases throughout production. Um, And and again, as we start to see that, we require the people to be able to support that work. Um, So there's definitely opportunity available out there and, you know, we work just as diligently with our candidates to match them with a position that's going to be in the best interest of them and their family. Um, you know, to get them into something that will be long term and provide that stability.
1: You mentioned CDL is a is a, a need, and I've I've heard that for the last three four years, and that, yeah, that doesn't absolutely. seem to go away. No. Um, are Are there any other certifications that you're seeing pop up? I mean, because we've had a a, a slew of safety regulations and and new regulations that have. Came across the industry, whether it be from an environmental standpoint to an OSHA standpoint to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, are, are, is there anything that you're seeing that, you know, hey, if you get certified in this, boy, that's the next CDL?
3: You know, I would say, I, I mean, I've seen obviously with the certifications through, you know, PEC, H2S, Safely, and some of those training courses that. You know, people can go out and get on their own or, you know, you get in with a company that will put you through those training courses on your own or on their own as well. Um, Those are becoming very important in this industry. Um, You know, again, the CDL is going to be a top priority for a lot of these positions just due to the equipment that they're moving out to some of these locations. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, you know, full-blown CDL driving position, but they're still requiring that just due to the equipment that they're moving around. Um, you know, and I think, again, there, at one point in this industry, there were companies out there that were bringing people in that didn't have CDLs, and they were putting them, you know, through schools in order to obtain those. And again, that's just one of those places where the industry has shifted. We don't find that very often anymore. Um, So again, you know, there's been programs through, you know, especially with veterans through the VA, um, to help, People go and obtain their, their CDL through schools, um, you know, a lot of different incentives for people to go out and get those, um, those licenses to be able to open up these opportunities to them. Um, but again, on, on the safety side, I think it's always beneficial to look at uh, PEC, H2S, Safeland. Those are always going to be required by these
1: oil field companies. So, if somebody's listening to this right now or somebody sees it on social media and they're thinking about, you know, either going to get a job in the industry or switch companies or something like that, uh, do you guys, how does that work for somebody who's never done that before? Because, you know, we've had a couple generations where they didn't hire and now there's this huge cruise shift going. I mean, 70% of the industries are going to be retired by 2022, 2023. So mm-hmm. you guys are going to be busy for the next couple of years, whether you like it or not. And yeah, um, which
0: is a good thing. We'll take
1: it. Well, it, totally. So um, did, everything changes, you know? I mean, like I, I, I've, you know, I've bought a date, a drink before, and she texted me, thank you. So Kids are different today. People are different today. Do, do people start with an app? Do they go to the website? Do they pick up the phone and even call you? I mean, do or or do you just work with companies only and you only you headhunt and reach out to people? You know what I mean? Do you get the question? Yeah,
3: not at all, not at all. So they can absolutely call us at our office here. Um, we do have a website as well that they can go on to. Um, I would say calling directly is going to be the fastest way to get everything rolling. Um, We have a staff of recruiters here in North Dakota, as well as out of our Denver location. Um, We've got a staff of about 10 down in Denver um, that focus mainly on the Colorado region and Wyoming, and then um, North Dakota, I focus uh, North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, um, primarily, but we do have a little bit of reach down south as well. Um, But yeah, I would say the best way to to get the process started would be to give us a call, talk with one of our recruiters you know, tell them a little bit about what you're looking for and what experience you bring to the table. Um, and we can determine from there, um, you know, what the best option would be or give recommendations as far as what you would need to do to be able to put yourself in a position where you qualify for the positions. Um, I do have additional resources that I provide to candidates. Um, you know, even if we are unable to place them in one of our positions, we can provide resources to at least put, put them in the right direction of what they need to do.
1: And one final question, I guess, uh, before we let you get on with your day and hire and get people into new jobs, uh, what are the top three needs? I guess you mentioned CDL, so obviously that would be one. But for people listening, you know, we live in such a bullet point, sound bite society. What 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 are the top three needs right now that your companies are looking for?
3: So my top three needs currently, I have a huge need for CDL water haulers. Um, that is going to be, I would say. of the positions that I'm hiring for here in North Dakota are tanker drivers to haul fresh in production. Um, I have a huge need for diesel mechanics, bumper-to-bumper, ranging from fleet mechanics to, you know, service mechanics that are dealing with the oil field equipment, um, and then additionally, HSE and DOT. Those are going to be my three main focuses, I would say, right now um, that we have a huge need for. Anyone interested in these positions can give us a call at 701 207-0556 207-0556 or visit our website at www.mhdeployment.com
0: To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the US in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Yeah,
3: my clothes aren't clean. I
1: don't need nobody to tell me if that's real what I just say. gonna do it for today's podcast I'd like to thank Tiffany Steiner my Bakken commissioner but also she's with the Williston Basin Petroleum Council membership board as well as the API Dickinson uh, gumbo cookoff and what else bakken barbecue there we go the Bakken barbecue that's why I just call her my bakken commissioner I don't even know if the membership board is the right terminology she's you know does membership and events so let's just not get her in any trouble by giving her the wrong title. Like I said, just memberships and barbecues and events and all. That's why I just say Bach and Commissioner Bach. I mean, we're not trying to get people sued here at the Crude Life, nor at the Crude Life podcast, where we let ourselves loose a little bit. You know, it's kind of, like, you know, it was kind of like a highball, the Crude Life, right? That's isn't that what you kind of? I described it as okay, whatever. You don't even know what a highball is, so. Our event that we like to highlight today, Nape, of course, and the 23rd annual API gumbo cookoff happening March 28th. More information and links to the event and interviews are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The music you're hearing today is the Moody River Band, and our sponsor of today's podcast, Hawker Well Works. The Hawker Well Work pipe handler is developed to simplify well servicing processes. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker pipe handler improves production times and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. The Hawker is simple to move from site to site. Its speed and efficiency is designed to improve production times and reduces costs. For more information, check out hawkerwellworks.com or, of course, you can go to our show page, and click on the links there as well thank you very much for tuning in here at the crude life podcast the daily crude life podcast which can be heard every monday through thursday with a review on friday this 30 minute podcast which sometimes will be 65 minutes or 44 minutes but rarely is it 30 minutes but that's what we call it so, once again, thank you, Tiffany Steiner, Kirsten Jesperson. And just around the corner, we got Matt Cruz with Huskerland Land Oil Field Service, who's going to give us a little bit of a insight on some Texas, North Dakota living, throwing a little baseball talk, I'm sure, to end the program. We'll see you folks tomorrow. Jim Willis and John Clark with Clark Energy Consulting. From the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Speece. Asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
0: The Crude Life with host Jason Speed. My
1: name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Matt Cruz from Huskerland Oilfield Services. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Matt Cruz, the owner of Huskerland Oilfield Services, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. From Omaha, you've traveled around a little bit doing the work thing, and then uh, it sounds like you uh, landed in Texas. Is that right?
4: Yes, sir. Uh, Miami, Texas and uh was working in the area and and you know like the area and met a woman who's now my fiance and uh so that's what brought me to to that area living in in small town miami texas it's uh, a nice place but uh what we do is uh you know flow back production operators lease operators consultants and uh you know they've been able to to stay busy for the most part and you know been able to see some growth and i'm glad you had us on the program and you know, a lot of times I'm still out in the field with the guys. and I don't get to get out and network as much as I'd like. And, you know, I, I grew up in Nebraska where the whole field wasn't, wasn't that big. So get an opportunity to have, have you on your show. I appreciate it. Cause you know, maybe meet a, a little bit larger audience and they can know what we do. And they they need to get a hold of me as well. So I'm, I'm a small operation in the grand scheme of things. I'm a minnow floating around, just, you know, trying to, trying to get what I can and, and stay going. We're not in a position where it can go and, you know, have the support staff of an office assistant, a uh, hundred thousand dollar a year salesman and, you know, all these uh, expenses and overhead that I, I do it all myself, you know, until it gets to a, and we get the growth to a point where you comfortably and and smartly start adding pieces as they need to go it's something that i've been doing all myself and you know even with the sports deal my background was you know as a recruit coordinator and so you know i, I try to network as, as much as i can but yeah I, I i don't have the money to have a guy in the field all the time so now i'm out in the field for you know a month two months three months at a time and uh so you know you you get a chance to meet those that you're around uh, but as far as you know the growth you're not meeting as many people that you like as far as the accounts and introduce yourself so what it ends up becoming is you know using social media and that's uh, you know been the biggest way that I've been able to at least where it's not feeling like I'm out of sight out of mind.
1: and that was Matt Cruz the owner of Huskerland Oil Field Services. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our social media page. 300,000 followers we have on our different social media pages from the Facebook to the YouTubes, even the Twitters and LinkedIns. Go to crudelife.com and click on the social media tab for all of our pages. Like, follow, share. We'd appreciate it very much. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
0: The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday, with a Week in Review
2: on Friday.